Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Salt and Light, where we'll cover foundational principles for being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Enjoy this episode with ears to hear and hearts that listen. So let's go check the facts with your host, also known as my dad, Casey Harrison. Welcome back to another episode of Salt and Light Assembly where we boldly illuminate genetically altered Christianity and we replace it with a firm foundation for a relationship with Christ. Now, currently, we're going through the book of Matthew, and we're doing this through what we call the SOAP method, Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And in this book of Matthew, it's been kind of mind-blowing to me because the beginning is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the origin story of Christ. These are scriptures that I would normally just skim over, read the names, and that would be it. Mainly because I didn't think God had a lot to say in a bunch of names on a piece of paper. I was wrong. And we've been learning this this entire time. How wrong we are to not dig into scripture. In fact, two weeks ago was the weekend where we celebrated Easter. And on that weekend, God lined things up to where we saw God the Father telling us the Easter story 150 years before Isaiah ever prophesied about Jesus dying on a cross. Last week, we learned where we as believers are the possession of Jesus Christ. We belong to Him. Which brings us to this week, we're going to learn what it means to belong to Jesus. So let's read Matthew chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. And Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the departure to Babylon. Now, a quick observation of the scripture, we realize that there's five names that are people, one name of a people group, and one name of a place. So let's check out the names and their definitions and see what God has to tell us. Hezekiah means the might of Jehovah. Manasseh means forgetting. Amos means building, like to build something up. Josiah means whom Jehovah heals. Jeconiah means whom Jehovah establishes. Brethren is a people group, a national ancestry. And Babylon means confusion. Now, before we dive in to how this applies, Let's set up some context. I would say that many people listening to this podcast have struggled with some kind of addiction. Alcohol, drugs is another one. Some people are addicted to food. A lot of people are addicted to porn. And that's just a small list of many different addictions that's out there. And anyone that's ever been addicted to any of these things knows just how hard it is to give these things up. Because each addiction comes with their own highs and their own lows. Now, I can't relate to a lot of these addictions, but I can relate to one in particular, and that's the porn addiction. So we're going to zoom in on this porn addiction. When I said that each one has highs and lows, porn had its own highs for me. It gave me a warm feeling. It gave me the feeling that all my fantasies were coming true, this euphoria. In fact, I even started to get a sense that I had control over what sex was going to look like in my life because of what I was watching. Some of you might be able to relate. But along with those highs came some pretty extreme lows. Because after watching porn and finishing out the action that 
typically follows that, I felt a lot of shame. I felt dirty. Nasty. It even altered the way I viewed the opposite sex. Later in my life, I come to find out that there's been scientific studies that prove watching porn alters your view of the opposite sex. But over time, an addiction like porn also changes your expectations of your partner. You expect them to do what you've been seeing on the screen, and you can't become satisfied unless they're willing to do it. Which also leads down a path of not wanting to commit to one person the way God intended it to be. Eventually, this type of an addiction can affect your identity. Because let's face it, typically what you see is what you become. Garbage in, garbage out. So if the people that we're watching through porn are bisexual, lesbian, gay, then that creates this idea of, well, maybe I'm that way because I'm enjoying watching this. In fact, it could even tap into an insecurity you have if you don't feel like you're accepted. They're accepted for what they're doing. Maybe I'll be accepted too if I do the same thing. It's not a popular thing to say. And I'm going to say it anyways. Most people have had some sort of identity crisis at some point in their life. Granted, some people's crisis of identity lasts longer than others. Because for some people, it's just a quick thought in, quick thought out. Other people live with this same-sex desire because of the environment in which they live and the things in which they watched. If we use this list I just made from the issues of porn as a pros and cons list, then it's pretty clear that the cons outweigh the pros. So let me ask you a question. If the cons outweigh the pros, why does it seem so hard to let something that's obviously bad for us go? Let me give you something to ponder. The reason it's so hard for us to let it go is because the issue, the addiction, has become our comfort. That issue has become the skill that we use to get through everyday life. That's how it was for me. In fact, that's what it's like for many other people I've talked to when it comes to the topic of addiction. That addiction is what they use to get through life. Now, of course, some people listening to this, I'm certain are saying, not me. I don't have any issues. All right. You just keep polishing your halo. I'm going to talk to the people that have the balls to be honest, okay? Because it takes more courage for someone to admit that they have a flaw than for a person to hide that they have a flaw. And I'll say that with one fact in mind. If you don't embarrass sin, sin will embarrass you. What happens in the dark will come to the light. So for everyone that can admit that there is an addiction of some sort that has become their comfort, I have something to tell you today. Your issue isn't your addiction. Your comfort isn't in your addiction. The addiction is just a symptom. And for most people, it's a symptom of not feeling like you're accepted. It's a symptom of the disease of loneliness. Let me say it another way. Your addiction is the symptom of separation anxiety. I'm sure some of you might have heard of when a mother gives birth that they have this postpartum depression. Well, that comes from the birth. When the mother gives birth, she's separated from her child that she's carried for nine months. It's an anxiety. Humankind has the same type of anxiety, an anxiety that was created over 4,000 years ago when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. 
through that disobedience, it created what I'm going to call the human sin nature. Now, of course, some people might disagree with the timeline and say that science doesn't support that. And to those of you, I say, I don't care. I've seen the evidence. I've seen the science. I've read the theories. And that's just what they are. Theories. I'm not talking in theories. I'm talking in scripture. Theories are thoughts. Scripture is fact. God said it. That settles it. End of story. You can believe whatever you want to believe about the timeline, but it doesn't change the fact that the disobedience of Adam and Eve is what created separation for all of mankind from God. Isaiah 59.2 But your iniquities or your weaknesses have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Ephesians 2.12 Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now I'm not saying all of that so that you can justify your addictions. I'm not saying that to justify my own actions when I was addicted to porn. And I'm not trying to justify whatever issue you might be addicted to. I'm saying all of that to illuminate the fact that humanity is broken and broken people break things. We're all a broken people because we've all been born into the human sin nature. A couple of things about human sin nature. It's human sin nature to question authority. It's human sin nature to be selfish. I didn't have to teach my two-year-old to be selfish. When I give him a toy and one of his friends comes around and he says, Mine! That's selfish. That was in his nature. I have to teach him to share. Another fact is you don't have to teach a baby to say no. It's in their nature. And for a more recent example of this, you can just look at your local news stories. In the current news, there's been another black man that's been shot. It's a sad and disgusting situation to even have to go through. It sucks. But what does human nature do? It tries to buck against the authority of the cops. As if we're not all human. We all have issues. Authority is here to give us a line to not cross. And then the court systems are here to judge those that cross the line. Not us. That's just a couple of examples of human sin nature because we've been separated from God. And the longer a person remains separated from God, the lonelier and the less accepted they feel. And then they start to make choices off of their feelings. And then it gets easier to fall prey to things that the world says are okay, like porn, alcohol, drugs, homosexuality, the transgender trap, sex before marriage, reading pornographic stories. It's gotten so easy that the list of things I just gave you are on most of the cable TV shows and glorified and portrayed as something normal. That kind of stuff is not normal. It's a symptom of separation from God. In fact, if you call yourself a believer of Jesus Christ, you were never called to be normal. God doesn't think of you as normal. God consistently calls you better than normal. Normal's the gray area. God doesn't live in the gray no matter what 50 shades you're trying to live in. God's better than normal. He calls you to be better than normal. Scripture says it clearly. You're the head and not the tail. You're a chosen people. You're royalty. You're remarkable. You're required. You're righteous. You're consuming. You're a, pe you're a peculiar people. You're astounding. You're holy. You're extraordinary. God keeps giving more and more adjectives to describe us. 
But not one of the scriptures God uses to describe us says anything about being normal. Because for God, if normal's not good enough for him, then it's not good enough for you. Basically, what the world calls normal, God calls conformity. Romans 12.2 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Everyone has been conformed to this world at some point in their lives because we were born into it. In fact, a lot of the Christian world has been conformed to the world's culture. And you don't have to go very much further than your backyard to see just how true that is. Look at the proof for yourself. I was reading a story this week from WRAL in Raleigh, North Carolina. The highlights of that story? A gay couple went into a wedding venue. They wanted to get married. They wanted to see what the availability was for that venue. Three days after they put in their application, they received an email from the venue. And the email said this, and I quote, Thank you so much for your inquiry. To answer your question, our owner has unfortunately chosen not to participate in same-sex weddings at this time. However, she wants to ensure that you have the best wedding day possible and has given me a list of several other wonderful venues in the area that might interest you. After WREL started this whole story, the couple responded to the email and let WREL know that they've never experienced that kind of discrimination. Well, in a response, the venue goes on their Instagram page and posts the following. We desire that all people's weddings be the most joyful in their lives. We also respect people's differences regarding marriage. For this reason, we will always be kind and caring when those differences arise. Although we know we cannot deliver what is being requested as the company holds strong to its Christian beliefs. Now here's the area I want you to pay close attention to. The couple's response to this post was that it really troubled them. According to WREL, the couple stated they had many friends who grew up Christian, and the sentiment from the venue isn't shared by those friends. Now, I'm not giving you the story to start a debate on whether or not the venue had the right to do it or didn't have the right to do it. We're not getting into any of that. That's why I didn't give you the names of the couple or the venue itself. That's not the part of the story I want you to pay attention to. What I want you to pay attention to is how little the name Christian means in this day and age. The title of Christian. The gay couple said that they had friends who grew up Christians. Christian literally means Christ-like. And they didn't share the sentiment that marriage is between a man and a woman. This is the very definition of what I meant when I said Christians have conformed to the world today. Not only Christians, but many churches. Because if you're going to claim to be Christ-like, also known as a Christian, then claiming that title means you stand by what Christ said he believes. And for those of you who don't know what Christ believes, you can read it for yourself in Mark chapter 10, verses 6-8. through 8. It's written in red. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's what God said. If you have a problem with it, take it up with him. You don't have to like what God says. He never asked you to like it. He just told you to obey it. Because more often than not, what God said is going to piss you off. It's pissed me off numerous times. And the reason it gets us angry is because our conformity to the world is coming in contact with transformation power, which forces us to a choice of one of three options. 
like it, obey it, and reconnect to God. Don't like it, obey it, and reconnect to God. Or don't like it, disobey it, and remain separated from God. And the fact is, that choice is a gift. Because if it hadn't been for God, we would have never been given that choice. Because we would still have to remain conformed to the world. Ephesians 2.4 But God, rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Again, God said it. And that actually backs up what God said in Matthew 1.8 that we learned about this past Easter. The crucifixion story. It also reinforces what God told us last week, that we are the possessions of Christ. We belong to Him. He loved us so much that He wanted His stuff back. And He was even willing to give up His life to get His stuff back. Because it's His possessions. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we no longer have to remain conformed to this world. Because He took His stuff back. Did you realize that when Jesus got us back from sin and death, and the filth of this world, we were dirty. We were broken by someone or something. We were in a perpetual state of confusion. We were separated from God. But God gave us the ability to be clean and whole. But God took us and placed us into His family. But God gave us the ability to be better than normal. And that's exactly what God's reminding us of today in this scripture, Matthew chapter 1, verses 10 through 11. Hezekiah, Manasseh, Amos, Josiah, Jeconiah, brethren, Babylon. The might of Jehovah, forgetting, building. Whom Jehovah heals, whom Jehovah establishes. National ancestry, confusion. Put it all together, and he gives a characteristic of Christ. Through the might of Jehovah, he has forgotten the old. Now he is building you by choosing to heal you and choosing to establish you as family, eliminating all confusion. How can you apply that characteristic to yourself? Like this. Through the might of Jehovah, you can forget the old you and rebuild the person, rebuild you in the image of Christ. You are the one whom Jehovah heals through the person that Jehovah established, Jesus Christ. Through Christ, God has become your ancestor. You're in the family. You belong to the same group of people, a people that have been freed from confusion. And for many of you, you might say, oh, this is kind of repetitive. Or you might think that I've said this a lot through a lot of the messages. And if that's what you think, you're right. It is repetitive. I have said this a lot. Why do you think that is? It's because God is a repetitive God. Because God knows that repetition is the only way to breathe healthy, instinctive reaction. The best example I can think of is Mr. Miyagi and Danielson, the karate kid. What did Mr. Miyagi have Daniel do? He had him wax the car, wax on, wax off. He had him paint the fence. But he had Daniel paint the fence in a very specific way. Time and time again, repetitive motions. Why? Why did Mr. Miyagi have Danielson do these meaningless tasks in repetitive motions? 
He did it so that when someone would come against Daniel and try to hit him, it would be an instinctive reaction for Daniel to defend himself and deflect. God's repetition is the same way for us. God helps us build up healthy, instinctive reactions so that when we get attacked, it's a simple deflection that happens instinctively. The closer you get into a relationship with Jesus, the more repetitious actions there are, the more instinctively you can deflect the weapons that are formed against you. As Scripture says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's because you're in repetition with Christ. So in the spirit of repetition, I'm going to repeat what God's telling us today through this scripture, Matthew chapter 1, verse 10 through 11. The character of Christ, through the might of Jehovah, he has forgotten the old. Now he is building you by choosing to heal you and choosing to establish you as family, eliminating all confusion. The repetition for you is to remember that through the might of Jehovah, you can forget the old you. You can rebuild the person, rebuild you in the image of Christ. You are the one whom Jehovah heals through the person that Jehovah established, Jesus Christ. Through Christ, God has become your ancestor. You're in the family. You belong to the same group of people, a people that have been freed from confusion. Continue the repetitive action. Continue to become more Christ-like. I implore you, continue the relationship with Christ. Remember, the closer you get to Him, the more instinctive deflections you'll have against the things that come against you. That's all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this message. I thank God that He gave it to us. I don't know if you needed it. I did. But if you like this message, please share it with a friend. Click the like button in the Facebook page. Leave a comment. That'll be encouraging for someone else. Also, our website has gone live, www.saltandlightassembly.org. That's saltandlightassembly.org. On there, you can see a list of the different ministries that we support through this ministry, as well as the different ministries that we engage in. And if you want to partner with this ministry, there's ways on the website in which you can do that as well. And I hope you tune in next week as we go into Matthew Chapter 1, verse 12. Until then, be bold, be strong, and be blessed.